Hello, St. Matthew family. My name is Father Ted Sill, and you're listening to our podcast, St. Matthew Moments, where we connect through Catholic conversations. The Holy Spirit has something for us today, so take a deep breath, clear your mind, and come connect with us. Hello, and welcome to this week's St. Matthew Moment, Conversations on Catholic Life. This is Julie Ratliff, and I am joined once again with Ma- by Maggie Smith, our youth and young adult minister. And today we also have Michelle Doherty, who is on staff here at St. Matthew, and she is our office coordinator and ministry coordinator. Do I have it right, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, office and ministry coordinator. <laughs> okay, so thanks for being here with us. Why don't you share a little bit about your story and where you've come from? All right. I've been working here at St. Matthew for about a year and a half now. I am the Office of Ministry Coordinator, which I still don't really know what that means. I coordinate what's going on in the office and I coordinate what's going on with all of our different ministries and just try to kind of make sure that everybody is on track with everything else. Um, I've been a parishioner here though. My family and I have been parishioners here since we moved to the Columbus area in 2003. I'm married to Mike, who is a professor at Ohio Dominican teaching philosophy, and I have three kids who are in school over here who are in eighth, sixth, and fourth grade, and we're pretty involved in the parish and have been for a long time, so it's it's fun to work here now, too. I grew up Catholic. I've never really had a moment where I've been away from the church, although personally, you know, faith life waxes and wanes, and there have definitely been moments where it's been better and worse for me, but... I have been Catholic my whole life and am now trying to figure out how to keep my kids that way too. <laughs> well, Michelle, I will say as a ministry coordinator, you are definitely helping me coordinate my ministry. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, You'll... we are all grateful to have you. <laughs> you guys are great about being out in the field and I'm, I'm good at organizing. So. <laughs> hey, it takes a team, right? right. Takes... Maggie, why don't you share what your uh, Catholic moment of the week since the last time we were together was? Yes. So this week, my Catholic moment happened actually yesterday. I went to Sam's Club. I was just buying food for youth group for the year. Uh, We have our kickoff coming up. And I noticed when I was entering the parking lot that there were homeless people in in like either entrance of the parking lot. And so I just kind of made a mental note of that. And I came back out and I wanted to, to talk with one of them, specifically this woman the other one was a man but I just wanted to talk to this woman I was just so moved because when I came out of the the building both of those people were already being loved by someone else and I, I don't know it was just really humbling because you could just tell that the intention of the people who were like approaching the our like the homeless friends were was just pure like they weren't trying to get attention or do anything and the woman as I said, she was in a wheelchair and the man talking to her is actually just like crouched on the ground, um, just speaking with her. And you could tell they were just having a conversation. And then the other guy in the other entrance, someone just walked up to him and kind of like blessed him, handed him something and they hugged. And it was just so pure. And it was just one of those things. It just blessed my heart a lot to see that. And it was really just uplifting to witness that love, especially I think just there's a lot going on and we can feel division, but the Lord is still working in unity in our um, in people's hearts, which is really good to see. Michelle, do you have a Catholic moment of the week? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, 
I just, everything has been so weird with the pandemic and mass and prayer life and the whole thing is just odd. So it's been really great for me the last couple of weeks now to see my kids going to mass um, since they're at school here and the school children have started coming to mass and my son was serving and I could see my kids receiving communion because we've been doing a lot of live streaming and, you know, trying to keep an active faith life, but everything's just been odd. So I just love seeing my kids back in mass. Always good. So mine is somewhat related to the weirdness of the pandemic, but like sort of making the lemonade out of the lemons that we've been handed. And that was, we hosted a um, Fatima showing in our backyard. We this summer bought a projector. My husband built a screen. And so we've been hanging that up in our backyard and watching movies together as a family, but also inviting some families over to socially distance and be outside in the fresh air and watch a movie. And we watched the Fatima movie that came out a couple weeks ago. It just started me thinking about a couple things. I mean, like October is the month, one of them that we honor Our Lady in a particular way. And it's during the, that month, uh, we have the Feast of um, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary on October 7th. But um, it just, the way the actress portrayed Mary in that film, I just got a sense of once again, how deeply Mary loves us and all the times that she has appeared to us um, to different individuals passing along a message, you know, of, you know, warning many times, but also, but warning out of love. Like when you, you know, as a mom, Michelle, you, you see your kids sort of treading on thin ice or whatever, you're not just going to sit by and watch them, you know, fall through the ice. You're going to call out to them or give them a hand, show them the right path. And um, I think Our Lady often does that for us. So I thought that would be a great topic for us to have today is just our relationships with Our Lady and um, sort of talk about that. Yeah. So, so Michelle, do you want to start? Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to hear from you. I know I just put you on the spot. Like, Michelle, you go. <laughs> I um, did not have a strong relationship with Mary growing up in my family. We didn't have a lot of emphasis on the rosary, even though, you know, we went to mass regularly and I would say I had a strong Catholic family. We had a lot of faith conversations and things like that, prayed together, but the kind of um, rote memorization prayers that we had to memorize and I had to memorize for Catholic school too. It just, it didn't play a large part in my family's spirituality. I never felt connected to the rosary. It always seemed boring to me. Every prayer service we had at school seemed boring to me if it was related to Mary. It's just, I didn't have any kind of connection. And also, I feel like the way Mary was depicted a lot in popular culture and in Catholic culture was very kind of passive and gentle. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't connect with that on a personal level. But that's changed a lot as I've gotten older. And one of the things was in one of my English classes in college, we wrote a poem called The Annunciation which really talks about the moment, not when Mary is told she's going to have Jesus, but when she says, let your will be done, and she accepts that, that there's really a lot of, there's a decision, like an active decision that kind of went into that, and Mary took on, she accepted that that was part of her life in an active way, and that really made me change the way that I thought about her, and then, you know, as I became a mom, I remember, (laughs) I don't think I even told Maggie and Julie the story initially, but I had awful morning sickness with all three of my kids, and we had a picture of Mary on the wall next to my bed. And I would just lay there thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> Mary's late. You're sitting there with her outstretched arms. And it, and it gave me some comfort. I felt like my mom was there, you know, taking care of me during all of this. So 
it just gradually, I started to have a different relationship with her, started to try to pray the rosary more now and then. It's still not my favorite prayer, to be honest, but mm-hmm. thinking about just how Mary really does bring us closer to Jesus and how it's kind of all one of the one package, one whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as I shared last time, you know, I grew up Catholic too and um, went to Catholic school and I, we were a family that we were supposed to pray the rosary every night. And it was generally my mom who would initiate that. And we all sort of had to go along with it. And I had a pretty significant distaste of the rosary for most of my life. And then not, I mean, I knew who Our Lady was, and I had read about the apparitions. I knew a lot of stuff about her, but I wouldn't say I necessarily had a relationship with her. And it wasn't until my son, our oldest, um, who will turn 26 this weekend, was diagnosed with autism. It was just a really challenging time in my life, accepting that diagnosis and coming to terms with it. And also just watching him continue to struggle with communication and expressing himself and the tantrums that he would have. I was so blessed to be walking with a group of really solid Catholic women. And I had one of my friends, as I was talking about this, say to me, you know, how great a consolation Our Lady must be to me because she, Mary knew what it was to have a heart that was hurting for her son who was suffering. And that just began to change things for me. Like I began to see her in a different way as somebody that I could go to that understood what it was to be a woman and a mother, mm-hmm. that she wasn't this distant person. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Julie. Yeah, my relationship with Mary, I guess I can speak on behalf of people who are not mothers, whether <laughs> you're just <laughs> not a mother yet or you're a man, I don't know. But <laughs> my relationship with Mary was, I feel like it was kind of abrupt. It happened kind of abruptly. Uh, similar to you, Michelle, family's super devout. Uh, my parents are really good about having us pray every night and taking us to mass and all that. But I don't know. I just feel like I never prayed the rosary in a, like a lot or very often. It's kind of a funny story. My junior year of high school, I was in a situation where I just hated what I was doing. Um, and it's actually funny. I It was just my uh, the summer of soccer conditioning. And I was just, I think I was internally dealing with something so that it made me hate it so much more than even what was worthy of like actually what was happening. I just hated it so much. Um, and I just remember warming up on the sidelines actually. And I was like, Lord, can I just quit? Like, I just hate this so much. Can I, I just want it to not do this. And it was really strong. It just felt the Holy Spirit tell me no, just kind of this, this piece, this assurance of no, like don't give up yet. And I think that the Lord used whatever I was going through to lead me to my relationship with Mary, because that summer I started praying the rosary uh, before practice every day, like before our two a days. And I don't even know why I went to the rosary. I just did. I just started praying it. And I just noticed this difference in my life immediately and in my heart, um, just this lightness. I remember feeling joy, feeling peace when I would pray it. I remember I felt like I became more aware of God's presence just in my life and even in random situations like at practice. And so I was praying, I was praying every day and right before the full actual season started, we, we pull our game bags out of storage because we have specific bags that we would use at our games. And so coach just pulled them out and kind of dumped them all on the grass for us to just come and pick one. 
and I picked one up and just kind of forgot about it. And then at our first scrimmage, I opened it up and there was a little miraculous medal pinned inside my bag. And it was just one of those moments where you just, the Lord's grace just became, just became so obvious in that moment because that was just such a little gift. I don't know who left that little medal in my bag or just the odds of me picking that one because there wasn't a medal in any of the other bags, but <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just a really beautiful moment. And that kickstarted my relationship with Mary. I prayed the rosary every day in high school. Um, and it's still a prayer that I love a lot. So I'm thankful for all of our different perspectives because yeah, there's just a lot of different angles that that people have about relationship with Mary and, and the rosary and everything like that, which is kind of what we want to talk about today. Just misconceptions of the rosary, misconceptions of Mary and um, victories and struggles that we've had, because I think that's a pretty universal thing for a Catholic person. And I, I really like Maggie, how you talked about how you started praying the rosary and you didn't even really know why that was the prayer you went to. Cause I think that's been sort of my relationship with it as well, that it's still, I wouldn't say it's like, as I said, it's not my favorite form of prayer, but it's the prayer that I fall back on. Like mm -hmm. when I'm don't know what else to do, don't know how else to pray. And that's where the memorization of it and the pattern of it and the repetitiveness of it, I think can pull me out of myself and into a relationship with God, because I don't have to like look for the words or come up with a structure or try to express anything. I can just sit there in the moment and, you know, like when I'm feeling anxious or can't sleep or something like that, that's where I go because it's there for me, if that makes any sense. Like I don't have to work at it. It's, it's there. Um, and it pulls me to scripture too, that, you know, the Hail Mary and the Our Father, they're rooted in scripture. And so you really are pulling yourself back to Jesus's story when you're saying those prayers in addition to building a relationship with Mary. Yeah, Michelle, that reminds me of, this was many years ago, I was on a retreat, a priest that was on the retreat or helping like give the conferences, talked about how he had just come back from one of the Marian apparition sites. He said he'd finally begun to really understand what he was supposed to be doing while he was praying the rosary, which I thought was amazing for a priest to like not have it all figured out, right? But he- Encouraging, you know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> very humble of him, but also like, mm -hmm. it's sort of like helped me feel like, okay, with not having that, to be a good Catholic, I didn't have to have it all figured out or like have it all, you know, lined up. So he said, when we're meditating, when we're praying the rosary, the important part isn't necessarily the Hail Marys, but to be focusing on the mysteries, you know, whether it be the Annunciation or the Visitation or the Descent of the Holy Spirit, that the Hail Marys are kind of in the background and give us space to contemplate these moments in Mary and Jesus life. And that began to put me on a different path when it came to the rosary, that it wasn't about getting through those 10 Hail Marys. It was more about contemplating that event in Jesus life, you know, but I still struggled with praying the rosary. I mean, for many years, it's really not until like the last two or three years that I've sort of made peace with it and actually welcome that time of meditation and that began very slowly where I sort of gave myself, I had was looking for some material on the rosary and I came across a testimony of a young woman who was talking about how she kind of had this similar experience to myself with not really enjoying that, but feeling called to pray and just gave herself the freedom to just pray one decade at one moment of the day. And then 
you know, maybe another decade at a different point in the day. So that all of a sudden I like had a perspective that was completely different. Like it wasn't about me powering through that 15, 20 minute rosary. It was my mother, Mary would be whatever, however much time I could had at that time or felt like I could give or that it was enough that I didn't be a real gift to her. It didn't have to be all five decades. It could be one decade prayed well with love. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just think the last thing you said is like the key uh, with love. And I just think it's so pleasing to the Lord when we give whatever we can with love rather than, like you said, powering through and just rattling off this prayer because we think it's the right thing to do. And then we end up hating it. And that's not what he wants for us. That's not what God wants for our relationship with his mother. There's no way. Um, mm-hmm. He wants us to live in freedom and feel the freedom to pray this prayer with love and to just let it be a surge of the heart. I forget what Saint said that was it Saint Therese, Saint Teresa, I don't know, but a surge of the heart. Like if you could just muster up, well not even muster, if you can pray one to three Hail Marys just with love, like a surge of the heart with love, I think that that is more pleasing to the Lord than saying a whole rosary driving in your car and you're not even paying attention to it, but then you finish it. It's like, okay, I did it. And like, huh, like exhale. But I just, yeah, I think the component of love in, well, one, our relationship with Jesus and two, in our relationship with Mary is what is what God asks of us more than anything is just right. the sincerity. Yeah. And I think the relationship is really the important part because I think that, there's a sense among some people, and I felt it my, myself in my life, that you're not like a good enough Catholic. If you don't love praying the rosary, you're somehow inferior to those people who are really, really attracted to praying the rosary. And it's not really about that. I mean, the rosary can be a great way to connect with Mary and Jesus, but it's not the only way to connect with Mary and Jesus. And I think giving yourself the freedom just to say, this is not where I am in my life right now, but there are other ways that I can build on this relationship that is, it's a hugely important thing. And it's more about having that relationship with the Trinity, with Mary, with the sacraments, than it is about like forcing yourself to sit down and say a prayer. And I don't mean the prayer is not important. I mean, praying the rosary can be a great way to build your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at some times in my life, I've been called to it and other times I haven't been. And I don't think that that necessarily points to the genuineness of my faith at those times. Yeah, Michelle, I like you said, there's other ways. One of my favorite prayers is the Memorare. And I think as a parish staff, especially the women on our staff, we pray that prayer a lot. When people bring intentions to each other, we would say, okay, like, let's pray a Memorare. And just for reference, if you're listening, that's the one that starts, remember, oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> and I've heard that if you pray, like you can pray nine of those. And it's like this little mini novena in the middle of your day. It's like nine memorares. And so that that's another thing, another Marian prayer that I actually like praying a lot uh, too, other than the rosary. Yeah. And I like the Hail Holy Queen uh, to, um, no, I can't remember the line. <laughs> to you to be Christ, sending up our sighs and mourning and weeping mm-hmm. in this really valley of tears. Yep. 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 <laughs> I feel like particularly as a mom that, there are times when I'm just like, blah, you know, like <laughs> I'm in this valley of tears. I need to just yeah, valley, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel really connected. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yep. I feel really connected now to Hail Holy Queen in a way that I didn't when I was younger. 
and you know, so you know, it, there are different things that attract you at different parts of your life. And it's okay to kind of work with those rhythms, I think. So I think yeah. the big takeaways uh, from our conversation to do today would be just how greatly Our Lady loves us. Mm-hmm. That whatever time we offer, whatever prayers we offer, however we ask for her intercession, that she is there waiting and ready and ready to take our prayers um, to her son and take us to her son. And then um, just to have freedom to um, listen to where the Lord is calling you, how to, to grow that relationship with Our Lady, if it's in the rosary, if it's in the memorare, or it's um, reading scripture or other great Catholic books on Our Lady, like um, in our Fulton Sheen wrote a great one called The World's First Love, which is amazing. And I'm sure there's lots of other great ones. And then there's lots of stuff on Formed right now, too, about Our Lady coming up. So um, we'll link some of those things in our description box on the website for you to, if you're interested in reading and watching some of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, for our last segment today, we're going to give our St. Matthew shout outs. So who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll go first because I'm so excited. My shout out is for high school youth ministry. We are starting um, this weekend. I think this podcast is going to be released a little later, but it starts September 27th. And then we have youth group every Sunday from six to eight at the field behind the pack. This is also an advertisement (laughs) and a shout out. I really am so excited for that. So that's my shout out. Awesome. Um, my shout out is I mentioned that I love seeing my kids and all the kids going to mass the last couple of weeks, but really my shout out is to the adults who have built going to 830 mass into their schedule. And now we have groups of kids going every single day. So it's almost like every day is a school mass and it's kind of changed a little bit, the feel of the mass, but they have, the adults have been so welcoming of the kids coming in. You know, I've, said we need this many Eucharistic ministers or we need people to be electors and they're they're just all in there we will do what you need us to do to make this happen and it's been so great just to see the combination of having the kids and a lot of the adults and a lot of the adults at 830 Mass are some of our older retired parishioners because they don't have work conflicts that way and it's just it's been so great to see that community build so shout out to the 830 people (laughs) fantastic so my shout out is to um, Jim and Sir Gunetsky who have recently yes. um, agreed to take on a new role in our parish. They're sort of heading up a committee on social concerns that we're starting. And the first thing that they're doing as part of that is promoting our 40 days for life. We're keeping vigil on October 7th. People can sign up to pray that day, which also just happens to be the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. If you have an opportunity to spend some time in prayer that day. Um, look around. I'm sure on our website, there's a sign up for everybody there to, is. to join Matthew, in. stmatthew.net slash social hyphen concerns. And it's under, <laughs> so, yep. I just made the website. <laughs> it's under the ministry <laughs> section of the website. Like that so is our coordinator right there. Yeah. there right. See, this is New what I do. <laughs> you knew the hyphen. Yeah, you know the hyphen. <laughs> So check it out and uh, get involved. Um, spend some time there on the sidewalk or if you can't, and you can always be joining from prayer at home. So so thanks for joining us this week. That is our St. Matthew moment, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>